0: Welcome in Murray State basketball podcast as Missouri Valley Conference play gets underway tonight, first wave of games will begin before Murray State and Illinois State open up their conference play tomorrow night on Thursday at the CFSB Center. We will get a preview of that game. We're going to talk with Jim Benson. He is the Illinois State beat writer for the pantograph in normal Illinois. Talk with them earlier today and sort of get a little scouting report from their side uh, of the fence as the Redbirds struggling as of late. Uh, they've lost four in a row uh, coming in, but we'll, uh, we'll talk with Jim coming up and also a preview, really the biggest game on opening night in the Missouri Valley. Have that uh, as well. Before we get started, I just need to get something off my chest that I've wanted to talk about for a couple of weeks, and it's never really felt like a good time, but now feels like as good a time as any before I forget again, and then I encounter more bad times in the future. Yeah, I don't like Murray State uniforms this year at all. I'm sorry. I, I just don't. I, I don't know. what I, I don't... Uh, generally, this is not my... Uh, you know, the, the fashion aisle is not where I would consider... Uh, my strengths to be, but uh, I don't. I don't know what's going on. It, it, it seems to be not every game. It's just the, the the shorts with the big stripe midway through the leg. I I don't know. I don't know. So many classic, gorgeous Murray State versions of uniforms in the last several years, and then this one is just eh, thumbs down. I'd even go full board, two thumbs down for Siskel and Ebert, But I thought it was just the way it was going to be this year and then i feel like there have been games they haven't worn them so i don't know if this is the alternate or if the other ones are the alternates i don't know i've spent 60 seconds on it i just needed to get that off my chest so good luck and good night uh i talked to steve Prome. i guess it was last week about the uh, coaching coaching wardrobe Uh, it's fashion corner tonight with uh, with uncle jeff here we are uh, wednesday night at uh, at 5:30. let's just go full bore into the fashion and i just joked with him about not wearing a suit and he was like yeah that'll never happen again yeah, so i'm curious if there will be anybody who th- is, is sort of taps into the throwback at some point i haven't seen enough college basketball as a whole this year and most of what i saw across the country early on with the ho- those holiday tournaments where they're in you know the cayman islands or mexico or the bahamas or whatever and so of course coaches are going to go casual if they can but I don't know on one hand you're like hey you're, you know you respect the old school and the suit and all that on the other I'm like why are they wearing suits that was always kind of Matt McMahon's drum he banged on he's like I, you know 330 days out of the year I get to wear shorts and a t-shirt to work and then 30 days for games I gotta wear gotta wear suits and it's like, it's the only sport that does it. I mean, baseball, they literally wear the uniforms, which that is its own conversation unto itself. We don't need that for basketball. <laughs> I don't know that we need Steve uh, or anyone for that matter dusting out the, uh, you know, the tank top, the jersey, and the shorts. I think we can all do without that. But it's like football coaches, you know, they're all color-coordinated, wearing, you know, polos down to jackets or you know whatever they want to wear but just wearing pants and it's just a it's a it's casual and it's comfort you know you're still representing the team but it's comfort and you know volleyball does it soccer like right down the line I I don't know how sort of basketball was the one that got grandfathered into we're wearing suits all the time but I think that now COVID was was the the opportunity for teams or for coaches to be like, oh, nobody's in these arenas, so we don't have to." Let's try the comfort wear, and now it's it's we've gone too far. Can't go back. If I remember right, a couple of years ago in that COVID year, uh, when when Murray got off to kind of a rough start, that that McMahon went back to the suit for the end of the year to try to break the mojo, which ultimately didn't work. And then last year, obviously, he was. He was all comfort all the time, and you go thirty-one and three. You can't really argue with the results, but uh, at least, at least talking to Steve, uh, it is, it is going to be for comfort uh, as opposed to uh, anything in the in the suit world anymore. So, uh, anyway, uh, just to, got all got. I had that, that wardrobe stuff that uh, needed to get off my chest and, and blow out the lines. But uh, just the shorts, thumbs down. I don't know. I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. I do know what happened, specifically, as no one asked me or cared about my opinion. and still doesn't, but I just just need to get that out. All right, tomorrow, it's Illinois State, uh, the Racers and the Redbirds. Illinois State comes in, said they're 2-5. and five. They have lost their last four. Three of those were down in the Cayman Islands, played Matt McMahon's LSU team, got... Uh, the game was not... They were down 27 at one point, ended up losing 77-61, Uh, They lost to uh, Western Kentucky by a dozen, lost to Rhode Island by 13 as well. Uh, This is a team that has struggled to score at points this year. Uh, They turn it over a lot, 22, 23% in that range, uh, certainly uh, well above the national average. As we'll talk about with Jim Benson uh, from the Pantograph coming up here shortly, they throw up a lot of threes. They throw up a lot of threes they don't make many of them. Kind of that same formula that we saw from Chattanooga last week, a high volume of threes. But at least with Illinois State, they are only making, you know, 32%. National average, this actually kind of caught me off guard today when I looked this up. National average for three-point shooting across the country is only 33.3%. So one out of three, that's the average, which is kind of amazing. At least to me. But they're shooting at 32%. What is really hindering Illinois State is they're shooting from two-point range, only 45% from two. Uh, so you're only, you know, make it 45% of your twos, 32% of your threes. That's a recipe to not score many points. They are top 10 in America if they can get to the free throw line. Better than 81% so far this year uh, from the line. But that is what uh, the racers will be up against. The name you'll have to watch for tomorrow. Uh, His name is Kendall Lewis, 6'8 senior, averages 12.7 points, 8.6 rebounds, 1.6 steals, leads uh, the team in points and rebounds. He's also top 40 in America in fouls drawn per game. So he works. He is going to uh, get after you down low, and he is going to draw fouls as we have certainly talked about ad nauseum this year with Murray State's uh, lack of depth on the inside. That is something that is going to be a true point of emphasis uh, for uh, both Jamari Smith and DJ Burns down low, is having to defend without fouling, which they did well for 23 minutes the other night at Chattanooga, and then there was that flurry there early in the second half where they both picked up their third fouls, and then things got a little bit wonky there. Uh, against the Mocs. Speaking of DJ Burns, quickly, uh, I was at practice this afternoon. DJ looked like it was just another day that ended in Y. So whatever issues he was dealing with at the end of the game uh, on Saturday night that he left with the two minutes left limping, and as Steve Prohm told me earlier in the week, he was fine. My eyeballs today tell me he's fine. So no health concerns there. He will be ready to go uh, with the Racers and Redbirds coming up uh, tomorrow night. I blew this out a little further in detail uh, on facebook earlier this week that you may have seen but uh, for those of the few that didn't uh i've been tracking you know what the team has done this year in terms of shot selection and and also not only shot selection but not only where they shoot but when they are shooting and and i thought it was sort of interesting the numbers that have come out so far that you know they are shooting 72 percent this is murray Uh, Murray State, 72% this year from two when they shoot in the first 10 seconds of the shot clock. Which I would hope it would be that high because generally that means, you know, you're in transition, you're running, you're getting high percentage looks, you would be able to shoot, you know, at that rate. When they shoot from three in the first 10 seconds, they're only at 31.6%. Now, as a team, they're only shooting twenty-seven percent and change. So that's actually an improvement over what they are shooting overall, but that's still you know several ticks below uh, the national uh, the national average. In terms of the last ten seconds of the shot clock, so we're 10, 9, 8, 7, 6 from two, they're only shooting thirty-three percent. So seventy-two percent in the first ten, only thirty-three percent in the last ten shooting from two-point range inside the arc. Outside the arc, in the last 10 seconds, they're up to 40% from three-point range. And I think that's a situation of you get to that final, those final seconds on, on, uh, on the shot clock, the defense has been guarding and defending for, for close to 30 seconds. You have worn them down. And you would hope at that point that you have been able to, you know, you have moved the ball around for 30 seconds and you have finally got that, that, uh, the breakdown in the defense that you're looking for. And sometimes you get into those scramble modes as well. Whatever it may be, again, the sample size isn't huge, but the bottom line is for them to shoot 40% from three, uh, late in the shot clock, certainly better than, you know, 31% uh, in the first 10. So, think that also just speaks to we've seen some shot selection issues with them they could just settle it in make the good pass you know to go from a good pat a good shot to a great shot that speaks to that that making those extra passes late in the shot clock uh, are getting you uh, better shots and certainly a higher percentage there uh, at 40 percent all right time to bring in Jim Benson uh, from the pantograph the uh, Illinois State beat writer in uh, normal Illinois and get some perspective on the Redbirds as they prepare to come into the CFSB center to take on the racers. All right, Jim, we're a month in. How would you describe the start of the Ryan Peden era?
1: Um, It's been really uh, inconsistent, Jeff. Um, They started off two and one, uh, lost their home opener and then won two road games. And you thought, well, they're, they're kind of maybe going to be on the right track here. Now they've lost four in a row. Um, so it's, it's been really inconsistent. It seems like it's different problems every night. Uh, one night it's, uh, they're not shooting the ball well enough. Another night it's turnovers. Another night, you know, they're getting clubbed on the boards. Um, so they got to kind of, they're trying to find their way a little bit. And then I can't say it's unexpected. I think, you know, new first year program, which you guys have there too, obviously uh, a lot of new players, Sometimes it just takes a little while for everybody to kind of find out uh, where they fit in. And I think that's, they're going through a lot of that right now.
0: In a perfect world, what is the stamp that Coach Peden's trying to put on this team and on this program that when people walk in the door, they go, okay, that's what they hang their hat on?
1: Well, they've said from day one that they, they want to be the hardest. You know, when people walk away, they want them to be saying, you know, they were the hardest working fighting team on the court. Um, diving for loose balls, uh, sticking their nose in there, getting rebounds, um, stuff like that. Um, that's what he said. He, he kind of wants this program. I, I think his real vision, though, is for this team to, to be kind of a team that um, like they had at Ohio State when he was there. He was kind of their, their offensive coordinator, they called him there. You know, they they translate everything to football at Ohio State. Uh, but but that was Ryan's job there. And I, I think he wants kind of a free-flowing offense, um, a lot of movement, a lot of, you know, that's what they play in basketball now, everybody, you know, five out and kind of stuff like that, where even the five-man shooting threes. I think that's what he kind of envisions his stamp to be. Obviously, unless you play defense, then especially in the Missouri Valley Conference, it's been proven – Over the years, unless you have a top three defense in the Valley, you're not going to win the league. That's just how kind of the way it goes. So I think that's where the hardworking part kind of comes in. But I think he wants to have a team that it's kind of like Murray in a way, you know, a team that's averaging, what, 76.3 points a game instead of right now, Illinois State's averaging 61.3. And I don't think that's his vision
0: long term certainly had a, a tough row there down down in the Caymans with you know Western Kentucky and LSU and, and Rhode Island um, outside of the LSU game really all season they've been in every game and felt competitive in those games. the LSU one certainly got away for a little while there but just in terms of new guys and optimisms always everybody feels great November 1st now that we're bearing in on, on December 1st, is there still a a a point of positivity and optimism that hey we're all new with this we're going to get this thing put together? Yeah, I really feel
1: that from the team. I I don't feel anybody's kind of behind closed doors or or anything kind of throwing their hands up a little bit saying you know what, what's this guy doing or anything like. I, I I think they're all kind of totally bought in. I I don't get any negative vibes at all. Um, and you know you see that a lot of times when you have a four game losing streak especially here that you know. All of a sudden, everybody's kind of looking at each other like, well, you know, is this what we signed up for? And I, I don't get that feeling at all right now. And I, I think there's still that, you know, newness and all that. And um, uh, yeah, I, 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 I think everybody kind of likes the coaching, the whole coaching staff and the guys are seeming to get along real well. So nah, I, I don't sense that at this point, you know, maybe a couple more losses and you could see that a little bit in some body language and stuff like that. But as of now, I, I, I really don't see that.
0: Kendall Lewis, the 6'8", senior forward, leading scorer, leading rebounder, everything kind of runs around him. But after that, two through six, all new guys and all, uh, you know, the, the portal, uh, changing everything. As we certainly know at Murray, with with a dozen new guys, uh, how has the, how has Kendall sort of worked in and sort of acclimated with all the newness around him? Do you think?
1: Yeah, I think he's he, he's fit in pretty well. Um. He's really, since they all got together in the summer and all that, he seems like he's kind of been the leader lead, leader of the group a little bit. And, you know, leader of the group uh, happens, I think, when guys play hard. I really do, you know, been covering this for 40 years and all that. And Kendall plays, he plays the hardest, um, usually night in and night out. He's the hardest working guy, on the, especially on the Illinois State team. Uh, he He's bought in very well. He's fit in pretty, pretty seamlessly and all that. Uh, the guy who really kind of, Got off to a real, and I I wrote about him for um, the advanced story for the game here. Uh, Seneca Knight is the guy they thought, they thought he'd come in and be kind of be their leading scorer and kind of take things kind of by the horns a little bit. He got off to a terrible, terrible start offensively. He was averaging five points the first four games. kind of just didn't seem, didn't seem like he could kind of figure out where to get his shots and all that. And, and as they kind of had a tough time in the Caymans, Seneca had a, had a, a pretty good three games, uh, especially the first two games against LSU and Western Kentucky, he played really well. It seems like his confidence is up now and they're hoping with, with his confidence up that that kind of brings everybody along a little bit more. You know, you get, if you have him playing well and Lewis playing well, and I I think the other key guy besides those two is Darius Burford. He's their uh, point guard. They bought in from Elon. Uh, He's a kid from Bowling Brook, Illinois, kind of two hours up the road here from normal. Um, he played at Elon, was a starter for two years, but he wasn't kind of like the full-time point guard. He kind of played uh, some point and, and some uh, off guard and all that. And, you, you know, you look at his size and you figure, you know, six six foot, he's a point guard. Um, but he's kind of learning on the fly a little bit here uh, what what a point guard entails, you know, full-time. And he's had some really good games. And, and the games actually that they've won, he's played really, really well. Uh, he, he, he kind of struggled a little bit in the Caymans. Um I wasn't down there and I didn't get to see the game so I'm not sure if it was maybe the the size of the opponent um you know obviously LSU they got some you know big bodies in the backcourt yep. you know Western Kentucky might be the biggest team in the country I think uh, across all five positions um so I'm not sure if he struggled with the size part of it or not but if, if he plays well tomorrow night Illinois State's going to have a good chance if if he doesn't play well uh, they're going to they're going to struggle
0: as is sort of the way of college basketball these days, a lot of threes going up. I see 44% of their field goal attempts are from beyond the arc. They're only making 32% of those. Uh, we've seen Murray has really struggled from beyond the arc. A lot of that feels like, you know, watching the games, it's it's just shot selection. I feel like you could lop off a, a good chunk of those and, and that percentage would go up considerably. Is it a, is it a shot selection situation uh, with Illinois State or is this as much just maybe – don't necessarily have the guns yet that you, you would you would hope to, to bring into this fight.
1: Yeah, they don't, they, they don't have a traditional five-man where, you know, if you need to stop the blading a little bit, you can throw the ball in the post and all that. They don't have that of this team. that You know, the biggest guy, uh, one of the biggest guys on the team who plays a lot is uh, Joe Petrakis. He's a 6'10 guy. He's the modern-day five, you know, the, the guy who uh, he, he's going to take more than half his field goal attempts outside the arc. Uh, he, he's a decent shooter and all that. So they don't have that guy who does that. This team is going to shoot a lot of three-pointers. But it's kind of funny when you mention that about, you know, the three-point percentage not being good. Their last game from two against Rhode Island, they were six of 27, 22%. Yeah. Ryan said that by far the worst shooting performance of any team he's ever been a coach on.
0: All right. Last thing before I let you get out of here, uh, for Murray State fans going to the game tomorrow, uh, what is what is the one thing that they need to be on on the lookout for uh, as the Redbirds roll in there? Wow,
1: um, that's a good question. Um, uh, yeah, like, like I said, I think the big thing for them is to see how Darius Burford plays. If, if they can kind of, you know, how they say, cut off the water. You know, that's kind of one of the terms now. If they can kind of cut hit cut him down a little bit, um, make him pretty ineffective, really kind of. Uh, because Illinois State has a hard time, it seems like, getting into their offense if he's not kind of in the flow and all that. I, I say if, they, if Murray State can really stop uh, Darius, um, I, th- I think Illinois State's going to struggle. They really don't have another true point guard on the team. They play a couple of Colton Sandage is a kid here from Bloomington who who actually played point guard at Western Illinois last year, uh, but he, he's more of a, a, a shooting two-guard type. Um, they'll put Knight at the Knight actually, uh, in some games, has, has looked pretty decent running the uh, team from kind of like the point forward spot. You know, he's a 6'6", 225 guy. Um, so, but I think if they can stop Burford and really kind of cut him off, I I, I think Illinois State will have a hard time scoring. And um, it could it could actually get ugly because I know Murray likes getting up and down the floor. And they're, they're going to score some points regardless. So, um, yeah, I, I think Burford is definitely the key for um, Murray State to kind of uh, cut him off a
0: little bit. Thanks to Jim Benson for joining me. The Racers are 13-point favorites tomorrow against Illinois State. That line just posted by the folks in Vegas. Tonight, Missouri Valley Conference play begins. For the first time, we will get to see really the game of the night, the game of the weekend probably, uh, in the Missouri Valley. Indiana State, 6-1 on the year. They are hosting Drake, the preseason favorite. They are unbeaten at 6-0. Uh, interestingly enough, this is kind of the Las Vegas thoughts versus the computer's thoughts. You know, the Ken Palm rankings, where they have Murray State, the third best team in the Missouri Valley, which strength of schedule, you have to imagine, uh, a big part of that. But they have, you know, Drake is the number one team. They have Indiana State as the ninth best team, a significant difference between the two. And yet, in terms of Vegas, Drake just a two-and-a-half-point favorite there on the road uh, at Indiana State. Northern Iowa on the road at Bradley tonight. Missouri State taking on... Illinois, Chicago, and SIU in Evansville uh, to take on the Aces. Tomorrow, again, of course, Murray State and Illinois State, and then in Nashville, Belmont will host Valpo as Murray State and Belmont play their first two games in Missouri Valley Conference Play. Tomorrow night we'll have the ride-home podcast after the Racers and Redsbirds uh, hook it up there at the CFSB Center. And that does it for now, Murray State basketball podcast. Appreciate you, as always, listening. If you haven't done it yet, you can subscribe. Just hit us up uh, on Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you get the podcasts. Thanks for listening. Have a great night.